Mainstream media outlets do not cater for the needs of you as a Muslim. There are topics which they will completely ignore, for example, the hijab ban that is happening in India, the Islamophobia that Muslim women all over in the West are facing. They don't even report Palestine or Syria in a balanced manner. So through my podcast and my YouTube channel, I discuss the topics specifically related to Muslim women that particular mainstream popular culture will not discuss. Topics like critiquing feminism, topics such as number of hijab bands, niqab bands that are happening in India, in France, in Canada. These are challenges that Muslim women are facing and I'm going to keep continuing to shine a light on these topics. So inshallah I would love your help and support in continuing to create this content for Muslim women which is challenging the very negative Islamophobic narrative that we are being given. I think as a Muslim creator, we should be producing content that is Islamic, that is well-researched and provides hope to Muslim women and men that as Muslims, when we see an evil, we can change it with our hand, we can speak about it or we can hate it in our heart. And I think some of us are able to create videos and podcasts and others who are not able to do that like yourself you can support that work as well and gain in the reward inshallah by contributing and supporting to my patreon page the link is in the description below inshallah may Allah reward you and please do the well for all the muslims around the world that we can continue to challenge this islamophobic narrative but always remember that Allah is with the righteous I came across a really interesting article. It's called The Age of Instagram Face by Gia Tolentino. And I just had to share what I learned from the article with you. It was when I was researching for the previous podcast about the negative effects of influencers on our lives and our mental health. And it's it's not too long. It's in the New Yorker. I'll put a link in the description. And so what she's explaining is it's how social media, facetune and plastic surgery created a single cyborgian look. And what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be using quotes from her article. Um, But again, I would really recommend that you read it yourselves because that's the best thing to do. I'm I'm just giving this to you secondhand. But uh, yeah, so it's something that um, you may have noticed. But because it has been so subtle, we we could have missed this. That basically you've got this gradual emergence among professionally beautiful women of a single cyborgian face, and this is what the face looks like. It's it's a young face, poreless skin, plump, high cheekbones. It has cat-like eyes, long cartoonish lashes. It has a small, neat nose, full and lush lips. Now, as I'm describing that, I, it's basically the face of Kim Kardashian, Bella Hadid. I don't know who Bella Hadid is. I had to look her up and I saw, yeah, it is. Emily Ratti, Rat, Ratajkowski and Kendall Jenner. You've probably seen no Kendall Jenner. So that has become like the ideal face for a woman, for 
so me and you, to want to achieve. And it's really promoted and it's copied. And um, now the things, what she, G is saying in this article she um, is that um, this face isn't a natural face. It's a created face. And how has it been created? So it's been created through plastic surgery. It's created through excessive use of makeup. And um, it's used also, there's something, there's a um, app called Facetune. And what it is, um, it basically, it will, it's, it's like Photoshop. It will edit your photos. It will, um, and so what you've got, um, you know, so any, it will make you look thin. You can make yourself look thinner. You can enhance your jawline. And um, it's, uh, you know, celebrities use it. But um, now, because we've got the phones and these, we can do it ourselves. And we know we, we do it ourselves and, and we see people doing it. So you've got, for example, Snapchat, which was launched in 2011 and was originally known as, um, okay, there'd be disappearing images. Okay, it has basically, um, you can make yourself look thinner. Um, you can make your skin smoother, larger eyes, fuller lips. You know, and Instagram has added an array of flattering selfie filters to its story features. Now Facetune, which was released in 2013, so it's seven years old, promised to help you wow your friends with every selfie. Enables, it enables even more precision. So you know you've got the filters, but this is more precision. And what's um, interesting in this article, she there's a number of Instagram accounts are dedicated to identifying the tweaks that celebrities make to their features with photo edited apps. One's called Celeb Face, and um, it will have, um, an, um, so it has, you know, pictures of, so what you'll have is, so, you know, how, how do you know a photo's been edited? That you'll have a photo taken by paparazzi or journalist, or just, it's a photo that's not taken by the account holder, you know, the celebrity or the celebrities, photographers, and they'll put that next to the same photo of um, that has then been edited and that's when you see the difference like maybe you you already know this so, but this is quite it's been a bit of a revelation to me and um basically because i don't follow celeb um accounts that that's the thing but um the point is it's not um that that's what celebrities do but don't you think we are now all doing this or it's become the norm that we cannot take a photo and post it without editing it. And that's, isn't that wrong? Shouldn't we question that behavior? Because what is it saying? It's saying that your face is not good enough. You, you're, you're never content with the way you look. And, and here is the problem that I'm trying to illustrate here that um, even though it's become the norm, um, it is not normal to think like that about yourself, to feel that you are ugly or you are not pretty unless you, um, you, you some, use an app or a filter. And um, what's really interesting is that um, the, the images you see of the celebrities, like, Mashallah, these people are pretty anyway, but they're making, they're edited to make them even look even fairer or even thinner. Um, 
And the thing is, and so again, this is comes back to when we see these images, we have to have that in our head. If we are going to choose to follow these people or even follow, um, you know, well, if you're going to choose to follow people who their accounts and one of the main, main content that you're uh, consuming from them is just pictures of themselves, you then need to think in the um, era that we're living in and the way people re- know that to stay popular, you have to do these things. So therefore, the popular accounts do that. So for example, it says there that um, 95% of the most followed people on Instagram use Facetune. And I would say that 95% of those people have also had some sort of cosmetic procedure. Yeah, it's actually become trendy to do, you know, to do Botox and to, you know, I I know someone who they're, um, they're related to, they have family members who do Botox injections. And my mouth dropped when she said to me that she went round to her friend at the, the person's house and they said to her, oh, we'll give it to you, if, you know, oh, you're, you're looking a bit, something along the lines that you're looking a bit tired, you're not looking too great, I'll give you free Botox. And I said to her, one, you do not need it. And she was saying, yeah, she goes, I said that to my husband and he, he, he laughed his head off and said, you're not having it. And alhamdulillah, that's where people who really love you and care about you will um, advise you. That's why you need to take the advice of people. But I, what I was thinking was that once you've had Botox done once, if she'd done that, once the effect ran out, you're going to want to go and do it again. And it's an addi- you know, you become addicted to it. Um, it's like if you post a picture without, um, with a filter and edit it, you then can't put another picture of yourself up without having to edit it. Do you see it becomes a cycle? So what we need to do is we need to cut that cycle and realise that this is not good for us if we are doing it to ourselves. Um, and so I'm just going to give... Well, I'm not really... There was In the article, she speaks quite a bit about the... like. Um, you know, in 2018, Americans spent 16.5 billion on cosmetic surgery. C- can you believe that? Um, you know, there's, um, and that's injectables. Cosmetic pre- procedures are no longer just for people who want huge changes or who are deep in battle with the aging process. Um, they're for millennials. So young people who have young skin, who don't have wrinkles, they are doing it. Now, again, isn't that a very... Uh, abnormal a detrimental thing for a young person to think that they need plastic surgery or it's become normalized to um, through the use of excessive makeup through the use of cosmetic procedures which you're you, um, you don't know the long-term results of um, you know do you remember there was a whole scandal about breast implants how they um, leaked into and caused um, cancer how they then had to be removed at the time, no one knew that was going to happen. 20, 30 years later, women have been suffering. And, I'm sh- and you know, for sure, they regretted having that done. But they were sold this idea that you should have a big chest. Somehow that is beautiful. And you can't be content with the way you've been created. Because that, that is the other point that's happening here. Um, now, what is... So we've got this now... Um, to compound it all, it seems that um, we're living in a world where women are rewarded for youth and beauty in a way they are rewarded for nothing else. 
And there's a strain of mainstream feminism which teaches women that self-objectification is progressive because it is profitable. So if if a man is objectifying you, that's wrong. But if you're self-objectifying, that's okay. And don't you find that um, as women and um, if you, the way to optimise yourself is to make yourself more beautiful. But again, who's telling you what is beautiful? And um, so fe- feminists have, maybe in the past, you had feminists who, who would r- support what I'm saying, that no, women shouldn't have be objectified. They shouldn't um, have this narrow view of beauty. And again, if we look at, it's a European, it's a Eurocentric, you know, fair um, version of beauty. Um, and again, that's something to think about, that who is setting our ideal of beauty. You know, we talk about colorism, you know, in the Asian community. And, and um, But isn't, where does that come from? What continues um, the, you know, uh, what is the, conti- what keeps fee, what ke- makes us continue to think like that? Is, is it not um, what we're discussing ha- now, that the whole idea of this certain face that is being... Um, we are being told to um, copy and we are told to be spending our money our time our energy to achieve an unrealistic ideal of beauty um and so now when i was reading this i thought this is a really good piece of um, investigative journalism you know i don't agree with everything gia tolentino says i read her other she's got a book called um trick mirror which also had it's a um, collection of essays and um, some chapters I agreed with. Again, I was once I read this, I thought, you know, she, she's. Um, what's interesting is, but as she was writing in the book and this, she was she admitted that she has bought into this and she's questioning it. Um, but she, you know, she's still grappling with a solution. Yeah. But what she felt was there's a need to illustrate this problem. You know, do we just go with the flow? Do we just passively? consume this content and she as a consumer saying no I don't, I don't think we should um but yeah so now in the like so in the article she mentions certain people's names she mentions people who admit to having plastic surgery and now I and I thought you know it's factually based but what I've noticed and I don't know if you noticed this too is that when um, some people don't like, you know, journalists like her or anyone really pointing out these issues, what they'll say is, who are you to judge? You know, who are you to judge Kim Kardashian? Um, it's none of your business what Kylie Jenner does. Um, you know, you don't know what's in their heart. H- have you heard these phrases? Because I have. And it's usually said when um, someone is critically thinking, when someone points out um, a problem and uh, usually a problem that has become the norm that people don't feel uncomfortable when you're speaking about it, is suddenly they get they get accused of being judgmental and being you know, all the things I said, you know and the thing is that um, do you think that's okay? Because you know, um, does that then mean we don't critically look at any human behaviour? And this is um, 
when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking everyone is doing this. People, all faiths, all genders, yeah? And she's, this is applicable to everyone. And so this isn't about um, judging anyone. This is about pointing out a real problem that exists. And the point is here, um, this is a problem that affects women a lot. You know, the majority of women who are having because um, it, it's talking about the face you know, I would say when you think of men men can be the handsome in different ways you know there's lots of types of beauty or, or um, handsomeness if that is a word for men you know but for women it's becoming narrower and narrower yeah you know it's also affecting men I'm not gonna and I'm sure male celebrities are doing all of this as well so no, no one's saying but it is a female problem that we're facing and um you know the majority of pl uh, plastic surgery i'm trying to look for the um statistic but i can't see it is that um it's mainly women that are having plastic surgery um and so so yeah so going back to the point um yeah so how do we then um answer this conundrum of being able to point out a problem and discuss it and try to find a solution and what's interesting she's everything she has mentioned is in the public domain um it's nothing private every these um the pictures um the statements everything is public and it's interesting that um in islam we have a very similar um a similar concept of if someone one of the times for example um one of the permitted times to backbite like backbiting is permissible and so therefore you're not um, um, it's not wrong to do this is when if a Muslim does an action publicly and everyone knows that they've done that then for another Muslim to then warn other Muslims about them is allowed and you can please I would say look this up yourself because then you know um Muslims will do this to other Muslims, you know, that accuse them of judging and you don't know what's in the heart. And um, so it, now the idea of not knowing what's in your heart, that's completely correct. Um, um, there's an example where Khalid bin Walid expressed doubt in the belief of a particular person and said, how many observers of prayer are there who profess with their tongue what is not in their heart? Rasulullah replied, I have not been commanded to pierce through the hearts of people. That's in Sahih al-Bukhari, Hadith 4351. So that's true. We we can't and we shouldn't. Um, and, um, you know, but, there's a, but there, there's a difference between public and when someone is openly... So, for example, I'm going to give, like, in, um, you know, most people I know, like, for example, in my area... There are Muslim drug dealers, and um, the way that and they sell drugs to ch the school kids, they um, they sell drugs to the college kids. You know, they give out freebies, and then that's and then they get. And it's interesting, you know, Muslim drug dealers who are, they sell to Muslims first. So let's be really clear. You know, whenever a Muslim is doing something wrong, um, they will. Um, affect the Muslims around them you know because non-Muslims aren't good you know they're not going to be they're not their people but you can so yeah so basically yeah so we've got Muslim drug dealers in our local area um I haven't seen them do it myself but my um kids have told me 
um, and so they will then they have then advised their friends and said to them like they'll know who the kids are in, in high school and college who sell it and they'll say to them don't don't be friends with that person because if you become friends with them at some point they're going to offer you drugs um, so can you see in in that situation it's permissible um, and you know I, I'm, I've seen some of the people and they go to Jumma you know so these are it's it's a real so I guess the point I'm making is that should we not if if on this basis that um don't interfere or it's none of your business um should my kids not say to their friends don't be don't have ties with drug dealers should should we not warn each other because in Islam it tells us we should you know that's just one real example um if you for example if you had a friend who or in um someone in your life or you and you see that they have a group of friends who um whenever they would they put them down they make them feel bad about themselves they you know end up comparing themselves to them what advice would you give to your friend wouldn't you say to them you shouldn't be friends with them they're not they're they're not helping you to become a better muslim they're actually making you feel really sad and depressed about yourself and do things that you wouldn't normally want to do Again, we have a very, that's exactly how, um, uh, you know, the, the influence of, in, you know, the images we're seeing on Instagram is exactly that. But it's done through someone who you're watching constantly. Um, so it's not a friend who's whispering in your ear or who's, um, you know, um, there with you. But because you've got your phone with you so often, they, they literally are there with you. Now... Um, Hassan al-Basri, oh, may Allah be pleased with him, says, do you, do you people abstain from mentioning the sinner? Mention him as he is so that people may be wary of him. Now, again, in the public, not in the private. You know, anyone who's doing things um, publicly, I mean, so you don't, uh, what people do privately is none of our business. Um Omar, may Allah be pleased with him, said, assume the best of your brother unless you learn something about him which you cannot reconcile and do not think badly of any statement your brother makes as long as there is a good interpretation of it. And the one who exposes himself to suspicion should not blame anyone who had a bad opinion of him. Okay, so one, we need to, not, we need to make sure we're not doing things in public that would then make people think bad of us. So we have to be careful. And uh, Omar, um, no, Abu Huraira um, narrated, a Muslim is the mirror of his brother. When he sees a fault in it, he corrects it. Yeah. Now, of course, we do it correct it with um, hikmah, with kindness, without jealousy, without anger. You know, these are them we have to think about. And it's interesting, I've just started reading um, a book I'm gonna find let me I don't want to say the wrong title it's it's the diseases of the heart by Ibn Taymiyyah um, disease of the heart and their cures by Ibn Taymiyyah that's actually going to be the new book for the uh, thinking Muslim book club because um, I want to make sure I don't have those diseases in my heart of arrogance envy jealousy um, but you also, we also then have to, and this is what got me thinking when I started reading this book, that um, what are the like the catalysts for causing jealousy? 
yeah what are the catalysts for causing envy envy jealousy hatred it doesn't come from nowhere um it's from what we're consuming so again that's why we have to be so careful um about what we consume um and so really just um so yeah so going so um finally i'd just like to mention um omar may Allah be pleased with him also said there is no good in people who do not give advice and there is no good in people who do not like to be advised okay so i think um oh sorry finally there's one really strong powerful saying from the prophet where he said the most hated speech to allah is when a man says to another man fear allah and he replies worry about your own self um so that isn't that exactly what um you know someone could say to gia tolentino worry about yourself why are you why are you talking about these people why why are you speaking but I've learned so much from this and it um, has made me really rethink and be really critical when I'm looking at these images and I hope inshallah that you'll do the same and really when before we're so quick to accuse people because I could be accused of this as well that this whole podcast could be accused of judging and um, and the previous podcast I did about um, Muslim influencers that They'll, we can be accused that our intention is to pull people down is to uh, even am I doing this to get followers and likes and court I'm causing fitna but the point isn't my genuine my intention is not to do that at all it's um seeing that there's a problem that exists and um illustrating the facts of it and let then it's up to people what they want it's up to you if you want to change your behavior or not but I think I think if there are so many times when if it wasn't for people illustrating a problem that is happening publicly um we wouldn't have seen um the wrong in, in those actions and I actually and I think it's um quite sad that people nowadays are a bit scared of being accused of being judgmental that they then don't advise we're then advising each other less we're not you know um you know it's uh, one thing I have noticed is that um, some people online in particular but even at the they'll be very quick to you know um, if it's something relating to something that they care about so let's say um, a domestic violence issue let's say if it was you know um, forced marriage or um, forced FGM or um, interestingly many issues relating to women um, they are quick to call out accusers. So, you know, the whole Me Too movement, when people said a, a guy had um, harassed them, they were very quick to believe them and they were very quick to call out and accuse men. And you see that a lot happening. When it comes to men, the um, women and, and, the, and the media in general and people will be very quick to say things. But when it's a woman, um, why is it that it's like, no, you're, then suddenly it's you're judging it's it's not being given it's not being done in a fair way and I think that's something that we should um really question because if someone is um you know in Islam there are rules about accusations and evidence um and shouldn't we be thinking about that before we totally agree with someone saying anyone who's saying that so inshallah I um you know I will um 
I've put the link for this article and um, I, I would love to hear your feedback on this. You can um, join my Telegram channel. That's actually probably, I put a lot of links up there for articles I read and um, it's an easy way to share things, you know. Um, but inshallah, uh, let's keep each other in our du'as. You know, may Allah keep our intentions pure and good. And um, if, you know, anything that has I've said that is good, is from Allah and any mistakes um, and um, that I've made are purely for me. Inshallah. Take care. Asalaamu Alaikum.